Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $37 a ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to build, uh, buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. We're going to talk to Brian Brown coming up momentarily and uh, our very own Jake Hatch as well looking in on signing day for the Utes and the Cougs. And Gordon, I've been following some of this financial stuff that's coming out about uh, Pac-12 uh, overall and and some of their member institutions. And there's there's some bleak outlooks. I've been I I just read an article on what Cal's going through, and I, I'll tell you what some some universities desperately need more money. Yeah, well, I mean, go to the SEC, I guess. All right, uh, let's get out to the. Spring. I hate amateurism. Pay those college athletes with what money? Cal's running your your twenty two million dollar deficit. Ask yourself here. the question. Uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He uh, writes for Ute Zone and uh, he helps us right here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone with our Ute coverage amongst other things. He's our good friend Brian Brown. What's going on, Brian? How are you? I'm doing good. It sounds like those universities just need to invest in Gordon's uh, magical animal safari, though. That's exactly what they need to do. What do you think, Gordon? Is uh, that a sound investment for Cal uh, Cal University well, Athletics? Well, whatever works. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Brian, let's let's talk a little bit about what the Utes have going. I've uh, been keeping an eye on uh, what's going on uh, uh, you know, with the rankings nationally. It seems like uh, most agree that Utah's got uh, one of the top pro, uh, uh, classes excuse me, in the Pac-12 and uh, a top 30, 35 class in the whole country. Yeah, it, it's pretty consistent. I think they crept up into the top 30 today for ESPN, um, 24-7, who does the composite of all the recruiting services, has had them at 29. Um, essentially, since the uh, the reevaluation period, which happens kind of between January and signing day, where they go back and look at all the recruits who have signed and, and double-check and whatnot, and um, so it's it's pretty unanimous. This has been a great class for Utah. Um, it was one that they've, you know, I, I think they kind of targeted it for a little bit more than more than a year or so because they knew that they needed to make some ground after making it to the Pac-12 championship game last year, and then this would be the class to do it. And you know, it, it's been pretty well executed. I, I tell people all the time that if you really want drama, ditch the bachelor and follow recruiting. And it's kind of backfired on me because this has been mostly a drama-free class. Okay, so uh, who's at the top of the list of who the Utes have gotten? Is the Phillips kid that flipped from Ohio State? Uh, and who are some of the others? Yeah, it's Clark Phillips is, is the highest ranked. He's already enrolled, um, followed by uh, Van Fillinger from Corner Canyon, Xavier Carlton from Juan Diego, um, and then Nate Ritchie, who recently was reevaluated, we pushed really, really hard to get four stars for him, and uh, luckily, most everybody's agreed with that. He's he's just talented, and and he deserved it. And he's you know, I mean, 
you watch his film, and he plays wide receiver and safety and kicker and punter, and he just did everything for Lone Peak this year. So it was good to see him get the bump. But you'll notice that three of the top four players in, in the recruiting rating are from in-state, which is really great for Utah. Brian Brown with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brian, who would you say is Utah's best recruiter on staff right now? Ooh, Ooh that's tough. Um, you know, I, I think it's still Morgan Scally, uh, just just from his ability to evaluate players, to see things, you know, that most people don't see. One of our national analysts says that if he sees Morgan Scally offer a defensive back, he'll immediately go back and double-check his evaluation on every player that he offers just to be sure that he hasn't missed anything or to possibly give him a little bit of a bump because of what Scally sees. Um, and so I think Morgan still is number one, but it would be a tight, tight race between Sharif Shah and Kyle McDonald, I think, for two and three, especially after this cycle. Um, what Sharif was able to do with Clark Phillips and, and getting him to flip from Ohio State was massive. And we've seen Kyle McDonald make some huge strides, um, especially with Ty Jordan. He's not a super highly rated recruit. But he was a running back that was really firmly recruited or uh, committed to Texas. You know, his mom is is sick, and so that was a big thing that they kind of were concerned about was him staying close to home. And Kyle went in, reassured the family that they would, you know, be able to manage that situation and that they would take care of Ty. And and they were able to flip a kid that pretty much everybody had assumed would stay in Texas. And so I think – you know, it, it's still Morgan just because he's been at it for so long and he has just such a, a pedigree. And, and anybody who's met him just knows how charismatic he is. But those are two and three, and, and they're all real close to each other. What effect has the split uh, signing periods had on Utah recruiting, if any at all? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I, I think for Utah what it's allowed them to do is is get ahead of the game on the following year's recruits. So they're already out offering 2021 kids and, and talking to them and, and building things up so that they can get them here for spring and summer. And that I think is the biggest for Utah as a program in state. I think what it's done is it's, it's, you know, it's forced teams to be more committed to, to the Utah kids locally in terms of the high school kids and so once they sign, it also gives those kids that are kind of mid-tier, you know, like Scotty Phillips is, is one that comes to mind. He's he's from Olympus, and he, he just committed to Stanford uh, last night. And he's a kid that kind of was able to get a little more attention, I think, because he waited it out. And, and, and that's the other aspect, too, is that some of these middle-tier recruits that play here in Utah that are high school kids – that deserve those offers and those opportunities actually get them because they get more attention from the schools that are trying to find ways to round out their classes. Brian, real quick before we let you go, give us a, a name or two, you know, outside of uh, maybe Phillips, who you've talked about a little bit, guys that can come in and make an immediate impact. Uh, Kamoi Latu is, is one that's high on the radar. He's a safety out of Hawaii. He comes from St. Louis High School. Uh, and he's one that I think – you know, just from a need base, uh, he has a great opportunity to start. And, and Utah is really thin at safety. We've seen it. You know, like they lost Nigel King to the transfer portal this semester, had to move Jason Shelley over almost, I mean, at the end of the season last year just to have enough bodies to play there. 
And so I think he's probably one that will have a good chance to, to really make an impact. Um, and ooh, maybe Sione Fotu, you know, linebacker and, and defensive backer, two, two situations where I think Utah has positions where guys can step up. And, and Sione is a pretty talented guy. Jeremy Mercer is a JC guy that they signed today. Um, out of Arizona. He's another one that, that possibly could come in. He's got a little bit more ground to make up, but they're optimistic that they can get him in, you know, in the summer and make that ground up. So He makes the magic happen for UteZone.com. He also works with us with part of our Ute coverage and a bunch of stuff, actually, here at the Zone Radio Network. Brian Brown. Thanks, Brian. You're the man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. All right, we'll check in, hopefully, with uh, Jake Hatch coming up here momentarily. Of course, does uh, not only produces DJ and PK, but does the Lock on, Locked on Cougars podcast and a lot of our Cougar, Cougar coverage here for the Zone Radio Network. I hope he isn't upset because I said he was over-potted. Well, he didn't answer the phone when when Austin called. So I was kidding. That was a joke. Uh, so Answer the phone. Well, I never knew Hatch to be all that sensitive, but he committed to come on the show, and now he's not answering. I'm looking at Austin right now. It seems like it's still ringing. You huh. look for a little commitment, you know, to the to the, the the station and the staff. You think that Jake Hatch would be your guy, and lo and behold, voicemail. Kids these days. Uh, seriously. <laughs> it's so funny for me to hear you say that. Kids I gotta these tell days. You, you're getting to be an old man now, it's, and I knew you when you were a kid, so now you're you're one of us. Should we leave Hatch a message? Uh, yeah. Should we do that? Yeah. Can we do that, Austin? Okay. Uh, Austin's going to go ahead and and uh, dial him up and patch us through. Darn right. You want to you want to lead things off? You want to lead? I think a scathing message would mean more coming from you. Well, I think it should come from both of us. Okay. Let's well. listen in. Do we hear it ringing? We can't do it that way. Oh, yeah, that that's probably a good idea. Oh, he uh, did. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Apparently he answered. You wanted to scold him, did you? You wanted to give him the what for? A little bit. Uh, joining us now on the Sprint special guest line, producer of DJ and PK, host of uh, Locked on Cougars, a daily podcast, uh, our good friend Jake Hatch, who apparently was was ducking us and now is not. Is that right, Hatch? <laughs> Sure, I'll go with that. Okay, good. We were going to leave. We were just calling to leave you a scathing you know, you know, voice message. It means he was in the bathroom or something, right? Well, I was actually dealing with the cranky kid, but we'll go with the bathroom. Okay, yeah, that works better. All right, all right, Hatch. All right, it is signing day, and we want to talk to you about uh, the BYU end of things. Tell us uh, a little bit about kind of treetop it for us a little bit about this class and uh, what Kalani and the gang down there got accomplished. Well, kind of the interesting thing about this class this year for BYU, just looking at it, it's very defensive, player-heavy, and I think that's just partly due to the fact that they're pretty young on offense this year, so they don't necessarily have to bring in as many, um, I guess, weapons or players on offense to bolster the ranks. They did so at wide receiver and running back, but they're pretty good offensively. So this year I think it's a defensive-heavy class, and I think that's going to help them hopefully improve on their defensive numbers. Everybody wants rankings and whatnot. Uh, are you seeing enough athletes in this particular group uh, that uh, will make a difference for BYU? Um, I think the the jury is out on that one, Gordon. I think the rankings will always be against BYU because they're just not recruiting at a Power 5 level currently, so they're always going to be lower in the national rankings. I think they kind of have to play a long game where they bet on the fact that, hey, maybe we can take a – 
overlook three-star athlete and make him into what eventually becomes a four-star player at the collegiate level and hope that their development program creates that more often than not, and that makes up a difference for them. So I don't necessarily think that the rankings are ever going to help them, but I think in this class and some of the other classes, they have found guys that are not necessarily the most hyped prospects, but they end up being pretty good players on the field. So let me ask you this then, Hatch. Uh, and, you know, you've obviously covered Kalani's entire career very closely, and that was one of the selling mm-hmm. points for him to get the job was that he was a great, or is, I should say, a great recruiter. Has he mm-hmm. lived up to that standard? Um, if you go by just directly the rankings the 24-7 sports or rivals puts out there, I don't think they necessarily match the hype that he was given, but I think that's more due in fact that due to BYU and what their restrictions are on their recruiting. You guys know this as well as I do. Their academics, the honor code, uh, they all restrict who BYU can go after as a student athlete. And I think that's going to yield the guys who are not necessarily the highest-ranked recruits. And just the fact that BYU doesn't have that Power 5 moniker associated with their name, they're obviously going to be guys who are just going to write them off and say, yeah, I'm not interested in playing there. Do you have any idea how many guys fit that particular mold and ended up going to other P5 schools rather than BYU? How many did they miss on? Mm, well, the, so just one example is a kid named Scotty Edwards from Olympus High School uh, there up by where you and uh, Jake live, Gordon. And he is a kid that grew up in this state, has been associated with BYU for a long time, but opted to go to Stanford. He's going to Stanford today, he's going to go on a mission had the grades and everything. It pretty much came down to Stanford or BYU. So he opted to go elsewhere. Uh, Tony, when I was on with Jake, uh, was on with Austin and Tony earlier today, brought up Cole Hagen down there at Corner Canyon High School, a kid who had never lost a game as a starting quarterback at the high school level, has all of the academic accolades you could ever want in a student athlete, and he's going to Yale. So I think there are a number of locals that – did opt to go elsewhere. I think that BYU probably could have chased a couple of guys a little closer, but by and large, I think they they focused in on guys that thought they could land, and they won some of them, and obviously, as it is in recruiting, you're always going to lose some. Guys like Scotty Edwards, they will hurt, because losing guys to Stanford year in and year out, those are the type of guys BYU would like to have. Who's the quarterback they got? Uh, the quarterback in this class is a kid named Sol J. Mayava. He uh, grew up on the North Shore of Hawaii, but then moved to Washington, D.C., or the greater Washington, D.C. area to finish out his high school career. A uh, kid that once upon a time got an offer from Jim Harbaugh in Michigan as an eighth grader, really kind of kicked off his recruitment and kind of cooled as his high school career played out. As, uh, it turned out that BYU stayed on him and then won his signature. Aaron Roderick earlier today says they really believe in him. They think he can come in and make an impact in that quarterback room. If he's if he's everything he's hyped up to be, he's going into a quarterback room that's got three proven guys that can win games at the FBS level, but they believe he can come in and compete for playing time right away. What one word best sums up David James? <laughs> um, Unique. We'll go with that. Unique. Uh-huh. What one word best sums up Patrick Kinahan? Ooh, PK. Hmm. Um. What should I go with? Unrelenting. How about how about okay. that? All right. Unrelenting. Well done. Uh, another question for you that won't get you okay. in trouble uh, like that last <laughs> one. 
has BYU been able to recruit any guys that can actually put pressure on a quarterback? Well, in this class, I think that there are any some guys. There's a kid by the name of Alex Muti that I think after a mission could become that player. I think the guy they're really hoping for, Gordon, is a return missionary, though. His name is Tyler Batty. He's from Payson High School, and you don't see a lot of guys come out of Payson, Utah, in recent years in terms of football recruits. But he got back off of a mission uh, kind of the early to mid part of the season last year, so he's had plenty of time to get himself back into shape. He's in school now working out with the team, and they really think that he can be a guy who can provide pressure on the quarterback. And he's got a leg up simply due to the fact that he's been home for a few months already here and can get himself ready for spring ball and then the season upcoming. So we'll see. But the coaches have mentioned his name multiple times, and normally when a coach keeps bringing up a guy's name, you think makes you sit back and say, okay, this is the guy they really have some of their hopes pinned on. And is the Romney kid uh, uh, any good? Kate Romney, yeah, I think he's just falling in the line with his brothers. Both of his brothers are offensive players. He plays a defensive position, a linebacker down there in Arizona. He's going to go on a mission, so I won't see him for some time, but he had a number of Power 5 teams chasing him late in the process, and they think that he could be a future star at linebacker. It's just a matter of, okay, once he finally gets on campus at BYU, can he develop into that? Well, Hatch, thank you very much. Great work today. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. Jake Hatch, check out uh, Locked On Cougars podcast. He puts it up at 1280thezone.com each and every day. You can also follow him on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. I was uh, listening earlier to uh, Kalani's remarks uh, with uh, I guess with Hanson Scotty, right? And it's 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 such a a tough thing to uh, to recruit to that school. Yeah, I mean there are advantages they have. I mean if that's the way a kid is wired, then you've got a big advantage to be able to land some guys. But with the like uh, like Hatch was talking about there with the academics and the honor code, it is it uh, you know because there are really really good kids who probably could live up to those standards who don't want that environment, you know, or they don't want to feel restricted in quite that narrow a manner. So they go to Stanford or they go to Utah or they go to some other place where they can feel more comfortable. Doesn't it feel like Gordon is prepared like he's uh, preparing or dressed like he's preparing for the defense of El Alamein or something? <laughs> well, you know, I love the AHC channel and the uh, yeah. and the mm-hmm. Smithsonian channel. I, I I do feel like yeah. uh, Al Haig over here or something. You know, don't have our the old stars. boss. No, Alexander Haig. Was he a general? I think it was General Alexander, but Al Haig that was our old boss. <laughs> yeah, but that's what people called him. Yeah, he was like uh, he's the one that said uh, that he when uh, when Reagan went uh, oh my gosh. got himself in in a tough situation. Didn't he say I'm in control here at the White House? Uh, sure, I'll take your word for it. I just Look googled him. Up. him. Yeah, I did. Uh, Secretary of State under Reagan, and he was a general and uh, chief of staff under Nixon and Jerry Ford. And scared everybody to death just from the expressions on his face. How about that? All right, you gotta. Have, you gotta if you're gonna be a general, you gotta look like a general. You know, you gotta be tough like a general. You gotta, even if you got a kind, soft heart, 
but a, a, a brilliant strategic mind. You got to look tough. Oh, that's... You can't go out there looking like the bib the Michelin. So man. he he took over for Halderman as chief of staff under Nixon. That's not an easy job to take over. <laughs> well, they had to call in some, the troops. Have some clean up clean up work to do there. Yeah. Here, how'd you like this job? No, I don't think so. No thanks. All right. I wonder who the best general is in the history of uh, humankind. Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> yeah, U.S. Grant. That could well, be a he, good answer. Didn't he like the bottle? And you know what? Good general didn't. A lot of people. A lot of people say that that is a myth created by his political rivals. Huh. I I, I think the North. Uh, really missed out on General Lee. I mean, it's too bad they couldn't talk him into coming on over. Except for he was the one that lost. Yeah, but he, I mean. I hear you, but he, he did he lose. He was a respected general, was he not? Uh, I want to remind you. the Eisenhower? Does that work? Join Scotty and Hans coming up on Monday, February 10th, noon to 3 at Payne Anthony Jewelers, 329 Trolley Square, right underneath the Spaghetti Factory. We'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. As a player, did you notice all the whistles and think, hey, I got to play this a little differently? Cliche as it is, you don't really have a choice but to move on and just focus on what your team's doing. It's probably funny coming from a guy like me who talks to the referees every possession, but we've done a pretty good job all year of adjusting to referees. They've got a pretty tough job to do, so I'm very happy for them. They do a great job. Have you ever refereed in any way? Nah, I definitely 100% will never ever be a referee. I can tell you that. You can referee kids. I don't have enough problem refereeing. My own children in my own house. Never mind. Ten kids on a court. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chain, chain, chain. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, joins Scotty and Hans. Coming up on uh, Thursday, that would be tomorrow, from noon to 3 at Soundsleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Gordon, can I can I bring up this story real quick with you? I would have sent it to you for the Not Sports Report, but there is a sports tie to it. Right. And it's just too much of a ridiculous story not to... At very least, mention. Let's hear it. Uh, back in the summer of 2019, harken on back to last summer, Gordon. Harken, we will. Uh, Georgia Southern quarterback Shy Wirtz was charged with possession of cocaine when there was a mysterious white substance found on the hood of his car. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, basically, it was a routine traffic stop. Uh, the incident made big headlines, uh, and this uh, this deputy uh, arrested him. Well, did he have? A, was it like in a bag that had a label "bag of drugs"? No, no, no. no. Okay, but it was on the hood of his car. All right. All right. Well, the deputy has now been fired uh, by this uh, this police force. Not only did he have a, a background that wasn't so terrific, but <clears throat> you know what? That substance on the hood of the car, because you see cocaine on the hood of cars all the time. Was it some sort of detergent or something? It was bird poop. Bird poop. Bur- bird poop. 
Yeah. So Which the, the, the player at the time told the cop, that's just bird poop. <laughs> and there were media outlets that called the kid a liar. And said, yeah, what a bad excuse. What's the worst excuse you've ever heard? Bird poop. It took this long to figure that out? Yes, it's 2020. And the cop claimed that he did a field test with the bird poop and that it came up cocaine. I wonder what that bird had been up to. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see. Um, uh, According to the report, the police report, the powder appeared to have been thrown on the vehicle and had been attempted to be washed off by the windshield wipers and wiper fluid as there was a white powder substance around the areas of the wiper fluid dispensary and the the as austin said the the quarterback this kid told him he said i know i went to the car wash i'm trying to get the poop off my car <laughs> sure <laughs> if i haven't heard that a hundred times what would be more likely on the hood of a car cocaine or bird poop i'm which I'm, was which is more difficult to believe I, I'm I'm going to say the more likely of the two is bird poop. I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I've never attempted to store cocaine, but I if I could dream it up, I don't think the hood of my car would be where I would. No, put that it. that that wouldn't be it. Where would it be? Not the hood of the car. Right there on the hood. Probably in your uh, in your house somewhere. You somewhere. tried to wash this cocaine off, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you? Be honest. No, officer, it's just... Well, the power it, washer. It really is just... You can't get nothing past me, kid. <laughs> it really is just bird poop. I, I tried to park in the shade on campus, you know, and under a tree, and, you know. Cop licks his finger, picks <laughs> some up, goes, nope, tastes pure to me. You know, we have talked about this before, how frustrating it would be uh, <laughs> and nerve-wracking to be falsely accused of something. But it's bad enough. When your car is relatively clean and a bird takes a big old dump on your car. But then to have someone come along, someone in a position of power, and accuse you of that? That there's cocaine. And how many people heard about the actual (laughs) accusation that now will not hear about the bird poop? Right. That it actually was. He's got some grandma somewhere who's going, "What? what were you thinking? Now I I have the utmost sympathy for uh, for police officers. I think they have a very very difficult job, and uh, often others don't make it any easier. But this one seems like it should have been pretty straightforward. <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. No, that's bird poop. Looks like cocaine to me, son. When have you ever seen uh, cocaine with black speckles in it, <laughs> officer? Have you ever been pooped on? Uh, no, I I have been lucky enough Austin, to. Have you been pooped on? Yeah, it's no fun, <clears throat> and it doesn't look anything like cocaine. No, not really. As as I know. Depends on the type of bird, I suppose. Wonder what the street value of that bird poop is, son. <laughs> <laughs> just can't. <laughs> just to look at at the. Hood is that of, Nightingale? Book him. <laughs> just to look at the hood of the car, or the windshield, or whatever it was, and and just jump to that conclusion. Aha! Uh-huh. That's cocaine, all right. Got another. <laughs> it just seems like a bit of a leap. Yeah, it does. Anyway, this uh, this deputy is no longer with the Saluda County Sheriff's Office. That uh, one mistake too many. And what's for... that little a joint in your cup holder? That's an old French fry, sir. I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> Not for an instant. That's marijuana like, right there. Coming I with if me. You could get like an indoor job somewhere, you know, where, where the poop don't fall. Who the the now the jobless cop? Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, work combined at de- on a desk or at a desk, maybe. Just nothing where he has to identify yeah. things. Maybe know? washing the patrol cars as they come in at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but nothing like this is not cocaine. It's poop. That's <laughs> bird poop. Cocaine covered cars on the left. <laughs> bird poop covered cars on the so right. I, I saw this story. And and yes, I'm with you. I feel bad for uh Shy Wirtz, the quarterback for Georgia Southern, because he's probably been through a lot defending his good name from a cop that can't tell the difference between cocaine and bird poop. Mm. It seems you know, it seems like a basic they'd cover at the academy, no? Yeah, uh, yeah. I right. want to know why the test was the test fabricated. I, did the test fail and come up positive? We must have read different stories because I didn't see anything about the. Uh, oh, this was that, the initial that, that he day tested it. Happened, it yeah. So mm-hmm. put it in the little vial and shook it. I I don't know. Maybe yeah, here's the thing about that. What the reason that they're not trained to know the difference between those two things is because who would ever. You know, think one is the same. Uh, I mean, nobody. Hmm. Interesting story. I mean, sugar, you want to be a sugar, cop, huh? maybe flour, maybe I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Baking soda, Tide. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Salt. Tide. Tide. Are the kids Salt. are the kids still eating Tide these days? Is that still no, a thing? Probably. I think they've learned their lesson. You know, that, of all the ridiculous fads, the eating Tide might have been the worst. Well, I've heard of moms trying to clean their kids' mouth out with soap before, but. Not with Tide Pods. Right. Yeah, no, no, this isn't some Did your lesson. mom ever do that to Oh, you? you said poop? Get the industrial cleaner in here. Did, did, you, did you ever, when you were sassy? No, I wasn't mom? raised in the 1910s. <laughs> I know some people who did that. You? In the no. 1910s. No. What'd you do when one of the gals cursed? Oh, Lisa, I don't, I don't know, Lisa. You... Where, where do they learn these things? I don't know. I got to write. Are they watching the MTV again? <laughs> the MTV. <laughs> Darn fool. All right. Stay Nothing, tuned. not another trip to Hawaii won't fix. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Ken Pomeroy joins us right here. BYU, how legitimate do you think they are as a big dance contender? It's only a tournament basketball team. I have them rated 18th, and I don't know if they are that good. Like, you sort of look at the ratings, and they're, like, rated ahead of every SEC team, and it feels like I don't think BYU would win the SEC, but I do think they're an underrated team nationally. They've been pretty consistent, really, except for that Gonzaga game where they got completely destroyed, and that was without Yoey. Generally speaking, I think they're on a good path here to not just getting to the tournament, but, you know, hopefully winning a game when they get there. But you would agree that BYU basketball has a better chance of winning the SEC than BYU football, right? That's a great observation, Austin. (laughs) You're absolutely right. what I'm here for, yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Sports Sport Time here on the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's brought to you by LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. And I'll tell you, this, uh, this wreath is pretty good, isn't she? 
Wait, wait, wait. Did Gordon just compliment one of my selections for Band of the Day? Yeah. What, what is happening? Yeah, she's uh, legendary for a reason. You're not about to, like, tell us you're retiring or something awful, right? No. Okay. Good. Nice work. Thanks. Because usually people will compliment you before they tell you, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> it, it does I'm feel like he's <laughs> setting, setting us up for something. Are we breaking no. up, Gordon? No, Is that no, happening? No. Uh-uh. Uh, where are we going today, Gordo? I got two stories today. The first one is infuriates me, and people are free to their own opinions, and I get it, whatever. But the first one, let me just read this headline for you, okay? A Christian activist is planning to sue the NFL because the J-Lo and Shakira halftime show may keep him out of heaven and put his soul in danger of hellfire. Strange Jake Hatch didn't bring this up when we had him on the air earlier. He was still forming the statement. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? <laughs> Did I miss something? No, Gordon didn't even pay attention no, to that joke. No, yeah. like like Jay Catch would be the one complaining about the. Oh yeah, because he's conservative and it was funny. Thank you. Austin. It's not now. Yeah, no, it's gone. This is a quote. This guy apparently is an activist. He has a he has a uh, podcast and whatnot. <laughs> So he's got that in common. Locked on Cougars. <laughs> Catch it every day. Twelve eighty the zone dot com. <laughs> This is what this guy's name is Dalbin Meyer said. I think we ought to sue. Would that halftime show? Would that have been rated PG? Were there any warnings that your twelve-year-old son, whose hormones are just starting to operate, was there any warning that what that what he was going to see might cause him to get excited? Could I go into a courtroom and say, viewing that, you would put that on a screen, put me in danger of hellfire? Could the court say that doesn't apply here because the right to produce porn overrides your right to not watch it? Yeah, well, you didn't tell me I was going to watch it. You just brought it into my living room. You didn't tell me there was going to be crotch shots. That's discriminatory against the value I have in my house. You just can't do that. I want to sue them for about $867 trillion. Settle down. Well, they could have changed the channel, you know. Yeah. I mean, how about that? How about that? Mm, you anyway, know, that, that kind of attitude is just bizarre to me. Come on. And then there's this good news story. A waitress in Massachusetts, Jake, recently was astonished after someone left a sizable tip for her after she waited on his table. The bill came to $157.56. And you know what the tip was? $5,000. So speaking of Jake Hatch, this would be the opposite of him (laughs) from a tipping standpoint. I just love this stuff because anybody, and I haven't, uh, Austin has. He worked at a restaurant and uh, knows how hard those folks work and whatnot. And to get that kind of tip, she said her name was Jennifer Navaria. Uh, Sorry if I'm butchering that. Um, in Boston, says it's just one of those things you never think whatever happened to you. I've read about it over the years and never in a million years. I just went over casually to the table. I looked down and thought, oh, $50. That's nice on 157 That's really nice. I kind of looked again at the slip. It said, Donnie, your move. I think that's referring to Donnie Wahlberg. I think maybe he had left a, a sizable tip. I really had to look at the bottom line. That's when... I was shaking. The tip was left by a fellow by the name of Botch, 
Botch Jr. He's the CEO and president of Botch Enterprises. It's a billion-dollar company consisting of automobile dealerships, and he has a net worth of $1.1 billion. Um, and they asked the executive about his generous tip, and he said, quote, Waiters and waitresses, they're such fine people. It really hit me. I don't know what it was. There was a feeling. This person is amazing. That's why I did it. Hooray for you, Mr. Botch. What are you? B-O-C-H. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that, I, I just love those kinds of stories. People being generous. Why? Because I feel like it. Why don't you do something like that? Well, I'm not worth $1.1 billion. You aren't? No. Well, maybe like 500 bucks instead. <laughs> I, I do leave leave sizable tips like that. No, I would swear my my uh, my fortune. If you really brought the check out and was right there in front of me, and you had to put in the number, I would say that's a lot of zeros. Yeah, and by the way, twelve percent is not sizable. No, I, I don't do twelve. I always do at least twenty. Sometimes at least thirteen. Please. <laughs> what is the standard now? I think it's eighteen. If I'm not mistaken, 15 to 18 is somewhere in there, but really, I can it do just, better. It just disappoints me when I see these people who are waiting tables, working their butts off, and somebody chintzy, just is chintzy with the tip. Okay, let what me, if you get poor service? Uh, well, then maybe I can understand it a little better, but if you're getting you know, proper service, that tip should should be. I mean, this is the way the, these people who work in these industries make their money, right? Also, yeah, okay, so tip, let, tipping needs to be done away with. All okay, so you oh, need really to, didn't you work at a restaurant? Yeah, I, I did, but yeah, work it into the wage. The idea, yeah, right? Didn't yeah. Pay yeah. them didn't, something didn't, they can live on. Right? Didn't you drop a drink all over? Uh, oh, not a the drink. Bride? I dropped a, an entire tray of Dr. Peppers on. Well, the, the bride, fact yeah. is that they're not paid what they're worth. They're not. They're not paid what they should get, and so. That this is a way a customer can reward okay. that that waitress or you've got to weigh waiter. in on something. And Austin, you're you're you you want to know the answer to this, or at least Gordon's opinion on this anyway. Let's say you were somebody who was going to go into a sportsy type restaurant and sit at the bar for eight consecutive hours. Okay. All you're going to order is water and salad. But you're you're occupying a seat that somebody else might occupy right. and drink, you know, booze and order food. Yeah. But instead, you're going to say, no, I'm going to have these saltines and a house salad <laughs> and some water, and I'm going to sit here for the next eight hours. Uh, then the tip should be commensurate with the time sitting on the stool. Okay. Right? I don't know. So how much I've... are we talking here? I don't know. The tip applies to the hours you've been there, not the item you, you purchased. Yeah, it's, his his bill is going to be like three fifty. So you, you know, mean three dollars and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Is that what a salad goes for these days? I don't. Does it matter? It's it's not much. You're you're sucking up a bar stool on a on a first college all, who, football Saturday. Who sits there for eight hours. The, <laughs> this is a very real story. That's really? why you Did need you to do that. No, no, no. But this Did is I why, do it. No, this <laughs> you're is, looking at me like I'm guilty. I want to see if your your amount agrees with the amount of of this person. Ah, uh, man, I uh, and the salad costs three dollars and fifty cents. It doesn't matter. The, oh, the salads. The whole bill is five bucks. 
Uh, you know, boy, that's a good question. It's something I've never considered. Something and you've I've never done. and you've uh, demanded that the TV be changed to a different channel, every, like every oh, yeah. oh two hours. You're or so. a, you're a high maintenance customer. Okay, then I'm saying twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, fifty bucks. I don't know. What? Well, what settle on a number here. Uh, I think I drop. I think I drop maybe a twenty. Is that is that appropriate? Fit, you know, maybe a. It's strangely right on the money the with the number. with the the person we're talking about. That's the exact number. The exact, who are the you exact talking about? Number. My guy, Tony Parks. He dropped twenty bucks now. That's what he does. Uh huh. And is that okay? I don't know. That's, well, he had two of these uh, bartenders and waitresses quit and or get fired <laughs> on him in consecutive seasons. I mean, it's whatever works in your your conscience, there, Gordon. But. You know, it's weird that you both said twenty bucks. Okay, it is so weird I that have, you both I, said twenty bucks. I, I have I have another question for you, real quick, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, and you guys are going to make fun of me. But I recently bought a car, and I had it transported from the East Coast to here, and uh, and I paid a decent amount of money to have that car transported. Uh, and when the guy rolled up in this big old truck. You know, I couldn't believe the size of that truck. It was huge. Um, I didn't. What was I supposed to tip him? Oh yeah. Yes, he drove across the country. No, it wasn't just for me. He's got other cars in there too. Oh, uh, so the other people will tip. Doesn't no, no, matter. no. It's just like there probably were. I want to say one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven, ve- seven, eight vehicles in there. Does so not, does not. You matter. were one of seven or eight, and the other seven or eight would tip, and you don't have to. No, I'm not. I'm asking you what I should have done. You should have tipped. Okay, tipped I did. I did tip him. But should have uh, tipped him a lot. At least 10k. Eighteen <laughs> percent of the car, huh? Yeah. You guys are good at spending. Oh, sure. Come on. <laughs> you live in a different world, man. No, I don't. I had no. my car transported across the country. Well, it, and paid a sizable amount. No, for it's, it. it's more. It's more. But uh, cars aren't about vanity. It's, no, 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 Jake. No, not these at are all. these are driving cars. It's, <laughs> You guys, you guys, have you never bought a car from some other state? Nope. <laughs> oh, no. These are driving cars. <laughs> that you get transported to you so they don't, uh, the tires don't touch the road before you get it. I got to right, say. Right, because if it, if it driven it, then it would have been like added 2,500 miles. You know, the, there's not a dealership on every corner in this valley. You got to get it shipped from Afghanistan or I, wherever. I got to say, Gordon, normal people don't get cards shipped. That's not a... That's <laughs> Did not the a, prince of Saudi Arabia not want his car any longer? That's it, not it, a normal it's not, thing. It's not that big a deal, really. It's not. Uh-huh. But, but I... Uh, so 20 bucks did it, it, huh? It means that you're <laughs> buying a car that's rare enough that you can't get it right here Correct. in Utah. And the only place you can get it is on the East Coast. And you have the financial means to ship that via truck all the way across the country. So, yeah, normal people don't do that. Normal people don't go, hey, I got my new Toyota Corolla coming in from uh, Tallahassee. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's, it's not a cartoon world. Daddy Warbucks. Not true. Not true. Well, I you talked were. to the guy at the dealer. He said they do that all the time. What dealer? <laughs> Just a dealer. The the local Toyota, huh? <laughs> it's not your Honda dealer, huh? It's not that big of a deal. The reason I bought that car there was because it was it had certain things that I wanted <laughs> that I couldn't find anywhere around these parts. 
what, like James Bond style <laughs> machine guns coming out of the uh, like the, onboard service the headlights. <laughs> Did it come with a full time driver? I don't think I gave him enough of a tip though, based on what you guys are talking. Hey, Austin, uh, your new Ford minivan, uh, you got that yet? No, 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 I'm waiting for it to come in from Hoboken. The good ones. You get the good ones shipped out here. You know, I couldn't get You can't just walk down to Salt Lake City and buy a sedan. I wanted air conditioning, you know? You got to mail away for those things. (laughs) Why? Like they're in the back of a Boy's Life magazine. If I wanted power windows, I had to order the model from Houston. (laughs) You want seat belts? Oh, well. We got to call Japan up. I'm sorry. <laughs> got to get it on a boat. It'll be here in two weeks. It's a driving car, Jake. Just make sure you tip the guy, will you? Well, it took two weeks for it to get here. And so I was a little angry with the service. Didn't you tell us just yesterday that he had to drive through blizzard like conditions in Wyoming? Missed his daughter's birthday. Had to board his dog. Gets to Gordon's house. Gordon says, you're two weeks late. Shuts the door. I don't think I gave him enough of a tip then. I really didn't think that through. I'm amazed that you said 20 bucks. No. The, the exact number. It's not. Well, on Tony's. Of the other no, scenario. But yeah, but I said I didn't know because I'd never done that before. <laughs> I have no idea about that. You can't just order a salad. you got to get shipped in, Jake. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Ernie Bach, or Botch, however you say your name. I salute you. Way to bring it back home. You do have somebody on Twitter sticking up for you. Stoked on Twitter says, you two have obviously never bought a car online. It happens all the time. Everyone ships cars. Yes. Gordon did not buy this car online. This wasn't They're from stoked. Carvana. Yes, I, did. I bought it sight unseen. I, I never went there and drove it. I saw it online and I said, that's the car I've been looking for. So I called up the dealership and they gave me a deal, supposedly. I, and uh, and uh, what was I supposed to do? Okay, let me ask you this question. How Buy many, local. How many cars in the United States are like yours? Oh, it's not that special, really. I mean. <laughs> a dozen? No, more than that. Two dozen? No, come on. It's not that exclusive, really. It was just a very particular thing that I wanted that that I couldn't find anywhere in the Western U.S. <laughs> so, <laughs> Does I have a flux capacitor? Yeah, what are what, you talking what, no, about? I want to know what this feature is so badly. What what was the feature? Well, that I you found wanted? one in Texas, and and I and I said to the guy, "Okay, I really like this car, and I want to buy it, but let me think about it for a day." And I said, "If anybody comes along and is there's action on this car, you let me know. Call me immediately, and I will make the deal for you." Well, I'm all excited about that, right? It's it's it's, it's got exactly what I want. All that stuff. He then his his dad. He had left. He left town for two days, and the general manager of the store in the meantime sold the car. And I called him up and I said, "Why didn't you call me and tell me? You know, I was going to buy that car." And he said, "Well, my dad had a stroke and I had to leave town for two days." And then I felt bad. Why are you laughing? No, I felt, then laughing? I felt bad. Then why are you laughing at that? Wait, wait what is the purpose of this story? Are you trying well, to I generate think, sympathy? No. <laughs> what are you doing? And I still want to know the feature that you so, just couldn't live without. So, so I found, I, so I, I missed out on that one. And I said, I hope your dad is, is better, feeling better. I hope everything's okay. And, uh, and then I found another one. 
in uh, North Carolina. So that's that's the one I got. It's but expensive being rich. But what's the feature? It just it was the, it was the it was the car the co- the color combination the certain features on it that uh, such as oh just certain. <laughs> <laughs> It is Does the, it have a nuclear warhead? <laughs> it is the flux capacitor. It has to be. No, it's not. No, it's is not. Is it a cloaking agent of some sort? Yeah, is oh. it like Vulcan technology? <laughs> Boy, am I sorry I brought that up. Oh, well, yeah. I still want to know. It's, 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 a, it's a driving this, car, Jake. This, Leave him alone. This is a common practice these days. It's to it's get a, from A to B. It, I mean, dealerships around here ship cars off all He's got to drive the groceries I, home in something. You remember that one car I had that was blue that I really loved? Uh-huh, I, I, I sold that via, through a dealership here in uh, in Salt Lake City, and they shipped it to Baltimore for the buyer. This happens all the time. That car was seven, eight years old. I promise at the end of 2020, this will be on the best of the big show. <laughs> it review. should be. And, and what's the feature? Why can't we just get feet? It's just is a combination it, of is things. Is it cruise control? What, is it, what were you looking for? <laughs> CD and tape cassette. <laughs> right. Because this is really specific. That you had to get a car from North Carolina. You were looking for specific features. I just want to know what that is. Yeah, it, it was just, it was the model. It was the color combination, the exterior and the interior, and particular options the car had on it, but nothing out of the ordinary. Are the seats like upholstered with baby yak or something? <laughs> no. And when you guys see it, you're going to laugh. You're going to understand this. Not that big a did deal. It, did it, it, does it have um, uh, pistols for door handles like Elvis's car? <laughs> no, but the handles do light up. It's kind of cool at night when you open it. <laughs> it's a driving car, Jake. <laughs> no, it is. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, stay I, tuned. I'm throwing up. We'll have more of the big show. <laughs> you guys, it's got nothing to do with vanity. <laughs> Coming up next. Yeah, it's, a, it's about performance. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. On a ski slope at a grocery store at a gas station, somebody's going to come up to you and say, what's going on with the Jazz? So let me ask you this, David. What's going on with the Jazz? So right now, we're not very good defensively. But I actually think in a lot of ways this takes us right back to the very start of the season. When the season started, my opinion of the Jazz from my numbers analysis was that they would have one of the number one, two, or three offenses in the NBA. And the question was whether or not they could be elite defensively still. If they were going to be middle of the pack defensively, they'd be really, really good. If they were elite defensively, they'd be great. Western Conference finalist, NBA finalist, caliber team. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.